This is Derek Moyer, and welcome to the Freedom Fighter Podcast. So, welcome friends to this week's Freedom Fighter Podcast. I'm Derek Moyer. I've got a very special guest with me this week, my friend, uh, my co-labourer here in the Freedom Fighters for about eight years, Rachel Gale. Good morning, Rachel. How are you doing? Good morning. Yes, I'm good. Good. Looking forward to hearing a wee bit about your story. I'm just going to start by, um, we'll start with prayer, but uh, I was just thinking, you know, how we met. It's quite a miraculous story in itself. Rachel's been serving with me in the community for eight years. And uh, one night, uh, we were running a group in Irvine, the Manual Christian Centre. And uh, Rachel came through the door. And, uh, you know, I think, Rachel, it's it's good to tell that story. What what, what was the background of that that night? Well, um... Where we were staying in Irvine, we'd moved to Irvine, um, and um, I was I was kind of looking for a church. I suppose really I was kind of um, seeking God for a church to go to. I didn't really know the area or anything like that. I'd been gardening, and I just decided at that point um, to to go get in the car actually and just go for a wee drive mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, have a look to see if I could see any church that sort of drew me to it sort of thing mm-hmm. but as I got in the car um, I drove up the up the road for a few minutes and then stopped and and opposite me was a big sign on a minibus mm-hmm. saying the Emmanuel Christian Centre and it was big letters so you know it was clear and I thought oh wow um, you, you, you really do know that I need to see things very clearly mm-hmm. And it's put right in front of me, so there it was. Yeah. So I went off and carried on driving, and I didn't know where I was going really, although it did say the name of the road. And um, I stopped and asked a few people. Nobody seemed to know. And uh, after about half an hour or more, I was kind of almost giving up and thinking, oh, well, maybe it's not God, maybe it's not to be. And then all of a sudden, I stopped the car and looked up, and there it was. I was right by it. Mm-hmm. It was a Wednesday night, and um, so I thought, right, well, I'll just look and see any times in that. And it just said there was a, a meeting on um, on a Wednesday night, Freedom Fighters. Uh, and um, I so I just parked the car and um, knocked on the door or pressed the bell. Mm-hmm. And um, somebody came to the door. I think it was Charles, actually. And uh, he must have come to the meeting that night. Somebody I, I did know from, from the past. And he said, oh, come on in. So he, I came in. Mm-hmm. And... Um, there it was. Freedom Fighters was there in the um, the downstairs area, mm-hmm. and the women had been split off because I think at that time they were having um, beginning the meeting, and then they would the women would go into the office kind mm-hmm. of area, and the men would have some time mm-hmm. communal area. So um, I think Derek said, well, you know, join the women in the in the in the office together, and I walked to the door, and the woman that was kind of running it had. Um, she was like, oh, thank you, Lord, because she'd been praying that somebody would come or something would happen because mm-hmm. she felt that the situation was very difficult. Mm-hmm. 
and she said it called it like treacle and um, she was praying and uh, she believed that God you know really did send me into that because if she said it felt yeah. like you know the light coming in at that point and um, mm. breaking into the darkness mm-hmm. of course I wasn't aware of any of that but yeah. That was the that was the kind of beginning, really. Yeah. So I did know that I know that I was meant to be there, mm. as such. It's tremendous to just hear that and, and to know a wee bit about your story. I mean, you had worked at that point uh, for how many years as a counsellor? Oh, good twenty odd, twenty five maybe. Mm-hmm. Were the yeah. most most brokenest, neediest of people? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I worked. Um, not as a Christian, but in the world I worked in England and I worked um, with people with, you know, severe mental health problems and um, abuse. Um, worked for an organisation, survivors of sexual abuse for women, survivors of sexual abuse. And um, also worked for the NHS, two doctor surgeries. So I worked with people of all age groups um, and some very extreme cases, really, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, everyone, yeah, very needy. Yeah, and so, you know, how prepared you were. I mean, I didn't know, <laughs> you know, at that point it was like just, you know, you came in the door and you had actually been working uh, or, or was volunteer or serving down in, was it Ian Robertson down in? Uh, yeah, that's right. Come up. Yeah, we moved to Scotland, yeah, when mm-hmm. we moved to Scotland, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, we were, we moved to Scotland with my husband's job. Yes, mm-hmm. that's right, I did, yeah. I went and offered to to just to volunteer there, yeah, mm-hmm. to volunteer, be with the, the people that were men then coming off addictions, yeah, mm-hmm. and just spend time there and doing and share, you know, being with them really, spending some time with them mm-hmm. when they just come into the unit or taking them out somewhere, yeah. probably drive and... Just letting them share, really. Mm-hmm. And you know, for for me, the how how helpful you have been a, a godsend. You know, you, you your uh, life, the people that you've supported, with us in Irvine, and how you've you know things that you'll know probably. You know, you want to talk about yourself, but I've watched you walk alongside people, been at mental hospitals. It's, building friendships, serving the most neediest, being there for them, you know, so, so your, 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 your influence has been tremendous and uh, your impact in people's lives, um, just, you've been very quiet, Rachel, at times, but, you know, yeah. you, you're, you've always been there serving, so you've got a tremendous, tremendous, you've been a tremendous blessing to me, tremendous blessing to the community. So we thank God for you. Um, you know, I think I think you being the first woman on the podcast, uh, you know, some of the, the ladies were connected. We've been asking, you know, get let, let, you know interview some women. Um, so great, you're the first one, and you know, um, so I, maybe just to give folk a wee bit of an idea of. So you weren't a Christian, you were in counselling. What was going on before that? You know, you maybe talk a wee bit about your. Your background, and then, you know, um, what drew, what kind of brought you to the point where you came to Christ? Um, well, I was 
Virtually, really um, working in um, with uh, makeup, um, quite a glamorous job. Mm-hmm. Um, in my early late teen, early twenties, um, really um, working and uh, for for Boots actually Boots the chemist, and I uh, I worked as a kind of supervisor and travelled with them. Yeah. Um, Sort of te- teaching, um, teaching on the different makeups and skincare products and things like that. Going from different, uh, you know, I had a certain area was uh, London and uh, Southeast England. Mm-hmm. So I had a job really um, at quite a young age of um, responsibility, if you like. You had my own car and and had to travel quite a bit and. Um, but it was a very, you know, it was very um, superficial in many ways. You know, it was glamorous, superficial. Um, I enjoyed it when I was young. It was, you know, the glamour you enjoy that. I enjoyed that at the time. I enjoyed having a nice car and um, and travelling and things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it came to a point, you know, where um, I was realising people, when I was meeting people, they were, you know, really talking to me about very, very deep personal issues mm-hmm. very deep and um and i was realizing that really that the work the work i was doing it wasn't the work that really i was to be in anymore mm-hmm. and i'd come from a background as well of of quite trauma myself mm-hmm. um i had a mother who had uh, severe mental health well severely uh, mental health issues mm-hmm. um and um you know, living in that kind of environment and growing up in that, you learn to put a mask on. And I suppose the lifestyle I had of the glamour was a way of covering it. Yeah. Um, it was quite easy to do that mm-hmm. um, and live that way. But inside, you know, um, you're living in, <laughs> as the word says, when people say the word disease, mm-hmm. I would say dis and then ease because mm-hmm. you... You know, I was living in dis-ease, mm-hmm. and it, it did affect me deeply, you know. I could cover it very well, but inside, you know, um, with all the stresses and strains and cares and worries of living and coming from an environment like that, yeah. um, it took its toll. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, uh, through coming from that and living in that, I was able to connect and, and um, on a deep level with others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I could feel their pain mm-hmm. more than a lot of people could. I could feel the, the pain deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it really it really touched me so deeply that um, I realised it was time to, to move from mm-hmm. working in that field and to to train in in a field of counselling. Yeah. And that just came about. Did you just come up with that yourself? Did they, nobody can I say to you? You, you know, you'd be a good counsellor, or no? Do you just kind of? It just came. To I think you? people who came to see me used to say, you know, I, I come to you, for, you know, for makeup, but I really, really come to you, you know, mm-hmm. because you listen mm-hmm. and you care deeply mm-hmm. and you really understand. Mm-hmm. And I, I and you know, I could almost get inside their the way of thinking and almost be them. So that's why they came in the end. So they were coming for me or whatever, but they were really coming because of that. So I really knew that I knew at that point it wasn't like 
other than them saying that, I didn't really need anybody else to say um, mm. anything. I, I kind of knew. Mm. Kind of knew, really. Mm. And that led you into the, the training. Was that, how, how long yeah. the process was that? Well, I, initially, um, I did a, you know, a, a, a two-week course or something, just an introductory thing that I thought I'd just see if I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. And I loved it so much. Mm -hmm. That that's when I decided to apply and um, train, um, and I did a three, three years. I think it's three years. It's so long ago. I can't exactly remember, but <laughs> I think it was three years. Yeah. Um, then, um, and I loved every minute of it. Mm -hmm. You know, it was hard, um, but I really, really enjoyed it. There was nothing more that I'd wanted to do. Yeah. I just then knew that that was it. And you, you get trained and then what was the kind of process for you there? But it was, you know, you went into different jobs and... Well, yes, yeah, so as I finished my training, I was, um, I applied for different jobs. And um, I, I, I um, applied to the NHS and I was accepted mm -hmm. um, to work for them. Um, so I worked for them. Um as a counsellor in there, they had two practices, so I was between two practices with them for a number of years. Mm -hmm. And also, um, I, um, tra I trained as a supervisor as well, so I could actually um, work for another organisation, which was part-time. Mm -hmm. I was able to do the two together because I, I, um, I only worked a, a short amount of hours for an organisation for women, survivors of sexual abuse mm -hmm. um, in, in, in Brighton. Mm -hmm. in England um, and so that was very different work you know very different mm -hmm. and I ran group helped run groups and all that came about and just you know it was just a, it was just it evolved really it was quite, it was quite amazing really mm -hmm. none of it really I expected it just sort of evolved and happened mm -hmm. yeah and what about the process in your own personal Life at that well, point. the you know training and uh, training obviously in the counselling that was a, a major part of me, my my gr growth and development um, and was very very painful at times because through counselling I I had to have supervision I had to have through training as a counsellor I had to have supervision and I had to have counselling we all had to be counselled throughout our whole tra um, mm -hmm. training so that was the very painful. Very painful time, um, but a blessing really because it taught me so much about my life and patterns in my life. And um, obviously, I didn't know God, mm -hmm. I knew of Him, but I didn't know Him. Um, but just patterns, and it started to, you know, open a lot of things up that I knew I needed to 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 release and be set free of. Mm -hmm. Um, be healed really mm -hmm. that were um, detrimental to my to my to my you know growth yeah. in my personal life mm -hmm. and my health wise mm -hmm. physically and mentally yeah and you know I know I know a wee bit about your story say so, you know I know that it wasn't all plain sailing um, you know uh, before Scotland there was there was uh, you know 
difficulties as you you went through a process over the over the years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, in I suppose in relationships, you know, being um, unhappy, really, I suppose, in in many ways, even though able to work well. Didn't affect my work really because I, I I could put the face on and I enjoyed my work even as a counsellor I enjoyed that I loved meeting the people and mm-hmm. so that part was good but inside deep inside you know there was a lot of hurt and pain mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't just in the past it was ongoing mm-hmm. um, you know um, connected to you know I had a mother obviously as I explained with mental health issues Mm -hmm. I didn't understand it really I mean obviously I'd started to train you know I kind of understood it head level but it's very different when it's you know your own mother or father or part of your family Mm -hmm. and um and that was very very difficult Mm -hmm. because it was as if my mother really hated me and was very jealous of me I had a father who really loved me and um, a very close relationship with him. Um, so, and a grandmother that, you know, adored me in a way. Mm-hmm. She could, she, you know, and um, so I was very blessed on one level, but, it, you know, on another level, it was like I was torn, completely torn all the time. It was a tearing apart all the time mm-hmm. inside, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was something very difficult. And I believe through that, you know, I met my first husband, mm-hmm. both very needy in many ways, mm-hmm. because we both came from similar backgrounds. Mm-hmm. We connected and, um, you know, met and married um, in quite quickly. And um, that was also, that brought up a lot more things, because obviously there was two of us then with mm-hmm. backgrounds that were traumatic, and we were both, like, trying to be adults, mm-hmm. but really... Struggling. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, that was a very painful mm-hmm. time in my life. Mm-hmm. We had a daughter, a beautiful daughter, um, but obviously, you know, really <laughs> two adults, or supposed to be adults, but really children still in many ways, mm-hmm. hurting, trying to be parents. Yeah. And that brings, brought so much debris Mm-hmm. Yeah, and oh, so so can I move on to um, you know, because as you mentioned about the patterns you, you received for your mum and the brokenness that then played out in the marriage, mm-hmm. let's move on to the what kind of brought you to the point where you know you had quite a serious illness, yeah. Sorry, you had quite a serious illness. Oh, yes, yeah. Yes, you know, yes, I did. I mean, over the years, looking back, growing up, you know, there was always, you know, everything was in in, in the family. There was always worries and concerns and stresses and strains over the most ridiculous things that were so unimportant. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of tension that affected me deeply, Mm -hmm. you know. Looking back when I can see now, you know, how and why, you know, I suffered with a lot of um, pain, mm-hmm. physical pain. Yeah. 
because of having to hold, you know, constantly being aware, never sure what's going to happen next. So you're always on edge, living like on eggshells, walking on eggshells. Mm -hmm. So you're constantly in that position, ready to be aware of what's going to happen next. Mm -hmm. Um, So there was that going on um, in my life. Mm -hmm. And I think really from the years of that and, my marriage being the way it was and everything else happening, you know, um, I think it was a build up really, but, mm-hmm. um, I had a stomach ulcer Yeah. that I do believe looking back on it was all part, you know, part and parcel of, of the years of growing up in that, in that environment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And people used to say things like, it's amazing how Rachel's come to, you know, is so normal. Mm-hmm. But inside, that was on the outside and the inside, this was going on, mm-hmm. you know, um, taking its toll over the years. Mm-hmm. And um, I was in a lot of pain, a lot of pain. And they thought it was my back and different things. Mm-hmm. And so I was just, I was, for a period of time, I was just living on painkillers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that if I took it was anodine, I think it was anodine extra or something with aspirin in, mm-hmm. and it really kind of eased it. So that's what I did. Yeah. It meant I could continue kind of functioning and without, you know, moaning and groaning kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You just get on with it. Um, so that would have been the repercussion as well because, you know, um, obviously taking painkillers for a period, long period of time, mm-hmm. especially aspirin, you know, causes um, the stomach lining to affected Mm -hmm. and you know can cause stomach ulcers to the combination um so i had a uh, yes i had a a judinal stomach ulcer that burst and um so i was seriously ill yes i was very ill at that point in time i was actually um at that point still um volunteering and helping in the the men's rehab in okinley And um, I hadn't realised, to be honest, how poorly I'd become until I saw photos of myself because mm-hmm. um, I wasn't eating hardly. I wasn't really able to, but I was still able to be with the people. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was like, I don't know, God was really doing something in and through me. Mm-hmm. But in nearly losing my life, which they did say that, you know, I should have been dead. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel dead. I did feel physically dead, but I didn't feel spiritually dead because, you know, even in hospital when they looked at me and said, your blood count, you shouldn't be alive, Mm -hmm. I was smiling and, you know, it was like, didn't fit, really. Mm -hmm. But at that point, you know, I really did realise that what was important, what wasn't important, and that, you know, knowing God and really just coming to really known as my lord and savior and knowing how much he loved me and uh and i and at that point i said god if you if you if you keep me alive um i will look i will serve you for the rest of my days mm-hmm. and the boys in the rehab were amazing i built relationships with them and they all prayed for me and oh it was just quite uh, what an amazing time in some ways mm-hmm. because i was so alert from it and alive and mm-hmm. even though i was so ill mm-hmm. i felt the most alive i'd ever felt mm-hmm. spiritually mm-hmm. you know um and you know i came out of that hospital in three days i mean that's three days and, and i walked out you know it was like 
wow, I couldn't believe it, really. People couldn't believe it, and I couldn't believe it. But I did believe it, because it was a miracle. Mm. It was a miracle. And they said it was a medical miracle, but I knew it was God. Mm. So, you know, once you've experienced something like that, it changes your life forever. Mm -hmm. Oh, it should change your life forever. <laughs> and it did change mine. So, and so, I have to and you remember were, that. Uh, so, Faye, did you... How, did you go back to rehab and then speak to the some of the leaders there and say this is what's happened and, and did they lead you in a prayer or no? Nothing like that? No, no, they they knew they they all knew anyway and um, you know Ian uh, Robinson he was quite amazing really and at, at the same time um, yeah I mean they did yeah and he knew that it had changed my life and others around me mm -hmm. but it also made me much more aware they said Rachel you, you know you should have you should have really dealt with this sooner mm -hmm. you know you shouldn't have kept it in and held it and mm -hmm. all the rest of it mm -hmm. but that's easier said than done to people you know and people will know women will know that going through trauma you know you mm -hmm. carry, carry on yeah um or men men and women of course you carry on in the way you know just, just a wee point. Uh, talk at the, the college. Uh, we are talking about exploring the story, uh, people's stories. They talked. They talked about getting things out on the table is so key, mm. <clears throat> as it can yeah. have this uh, cathartic effect. This release, as some people carry their secrets around for years, mm. and you know, as you're saying there, how how we 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 cover it up, how we cope, mm. what we use to 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 you know to numb the pain. Um, mm. But you know the, the and I know it's at people's time and, and on their terms that they have to be, be done at their pace. Mm. But you know how how, how faithful is, and good is God that actually mm. the things he, he turned all that stuff around yeah. for good, and then brought you into a deeper, more fuller place, more, to be more spiritual, alive. Mm. Uh, you know to get through life and never experiencing the 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 the. the the spiritual um, life that God intended us to live, um, that's a tragedy. It is. No. Yes, and I saw that in my own family, you know, um, with my own father, really. Mm -hmm. Because we're very, we're very alike. And, um, you know, he, he carried, as you just said, the secrets around for years. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, had a detrimental effect deep down um, you know it affected him in all sorts of ways mm -hmm. of keeping it all in and not as you said bringing it out onto the table mm -hmm. which is what you know I I really knew that while he was alive I couldn't do that really mm -hmm. as easily because the effect it had if things were brought out on the table with my mother it just was more harder than ever for him to, 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 to live and cope because, you know, it was a virtually impossible situation. So once my father died, um, it was much easier for me to bring things out because mm -hmm. I knew it wouldn't affect him anymore. Mm -hmm. And he, so did, he left your mum, like, was it two years before he died or something? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, he did, yeah. He had a, um, yes, he did, yeah. He actually had kidney cancer. Mm -hmm. Well, he actually had prostate cancer initially and it, and it was secondary kidney. So um, he ended up having to go to hospital and have a kidney removed. Mm -hmm. But he actually said when he was in the hospital, as I used to visit him every day, mm -hmm. 
when my mother wasn't visiting that he couldn't go back home. He just couldn't go back to that environment again. Mm. He just couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he chose at that point, but he left it to that point mm. when he was 69. Mm. And I thought, no, no, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. I have to check. This has to change. Mm-hmm. I couldn't really change it much. Well, he changed it because he chose not to go back home, mm-hmm. which was a big decision he made mm-hmm. at that age and to let, leave everything mm-hmm. everything he'd worked for and earned and but he left it all mm-hmm. for freedom yeah and you know I knew that I knew that I wasn't going to do that mm-hmm. and I and I actually that's been the story you know, when, when I look at your own life and at the influence, impact you've had on me, the impact you've had on the people we've been working with for years, you know, you've been you've been f- shaped and fashioned into a, uh, you know, and prepared to work with like those who, end of the day, you know, everybody needs to come to this themselves. Um, that, you know. I mentioned last week, I know you, you know the quote, but unless the conscious is made conscious, it will direct your life. It That's will it. govern, it will regulate, it will influence and control you. And then yeah. you'll, you'll think it's fate, you'll call it fate as if mm-hmm. that there's, all that stuff's just happening to me. It's no my yeah. responsibility. But you know, yeah. n- no, it's if I don't uh, shine the light and bring this stuff into the light, as you say, yeah. attention that that produced in you when you've you learned to anticipate the worst, you're fearing the worst, expecting the worst, mm. because of expecting, mm. you know, the um, the things you've been formed by, you know, you're thinking that's just going to keep reproducing. And then mm. that, that does reproduce, it reproduces in mm. stomach ulcers. You know, it's reproduced, the tension we live in reproduces in some yeah. physical symptom. The physical does reflect the spiritual and mental. Definitely. And, um, you know, so... This week, we've been going through, we're leading the group through the keys to freedom. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the one, one, uh, one of the guys uh, mentioned that he's, 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 he's became aware of, he's got to the point where the limits that he feels that were placed upon him as a child, he's now moving beyond them. Mm. But he's expressing the difficulty of breaking free of because there's a f- opposition going on. There's opposition, as you say, for your mum and dad. That you know, like moving beyond what they've known is difficult. Mm. You know, because of the the the, the attachment to it. All. But mm. uh, you know, so, so how important has that been for you? I know that, and even in the people you're working with, about helping people to come to that point of. Uh, you know, pushing through and breaking through um, mm. and fighting these battles so that they don't reproduce, you know, the things that's happened to them? Well, for me, I, 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 could, I don't believe I could really do it without God in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because he's, he, he has given me, he's given each of us, mm-hmm. if we receive him as a, you know, into our hearts, which I had, and have, then he gave me, has given me the authority mm-hmm. over all of this, all uh, my family, 
line and, mm-hmm. and to be able to choose to break it. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, is a choice and it's a choice I've made. And I believe when we do make cho- choices, it is a, a battle. Mm-hmm. We are in a battle. Mm-hmm. But, you know, once I saw... I saw the patterns and I've seen them, then, you know, um, be able to see them. Then, then I was, then I've been able to exercise, you know, authority over them. Mm-hmm. But also knowing that I've got a new bloodline mm-hmm. from Jesus, yeah. God's DNA. Yeah. So that really helped mm-hmm. me to hold on to and battle through knowing that that is the truth mm-hmm. um, which in the past I wouldn't have been able to feel that could battle fight through because mm-hmm. I felt mm-hmm. hopeless with it yeah. defeated mm-hmm. and I felt you know I could take the authority to, to change this generational pattern through through mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. he's with you know he's there battling with for me mm-hmm. so that I'm not going to hand down that's one of my, my worst fears, if you like. Mm-hmm. Fear meaning, you know, in the way of not wanting to pass those same patterns down to, to, to my children and grandchildren, etc. I mean... It, I choose to want to break that so that that won't continue mm, yeah, for them. Yeah, They don't have to do the same battling. Mm-hmm. They'll obviously have to deal with their own issues, mm-hmm. but they won't have to battle in the mm-hmm. same way. Mm-hmm. So that's a big one for me, for the reason... Obviously for myself, but also, you know, to see them free of a lot of the things that I went through. It's, it's such a sobering uh, truth, that, isn't it? That what you don't choose to battle, you're going to leave for your children to battle. And that, that's yeah, is- my experience, you know, that refusing uh, to, to, to wake up and admit, pleading ignorance or, or lies, you know, we can plead ignorance all we want, but... You know, pleading ignorance about here's this stuff that I'm creating that I've let into my family, for instance. If I don't deal with that, the mm. children will have to. And it's yeah. it, to me, I see that the most tragic thing. I watched this yeah. documentary, World at War, one one uh, episode down later, and it was about the Americans coming into the war. They say, and it was titled "We're on our way," but it it, it documents how they weren't they coming in nineteen thirty nine. The American people were revolting. They were actually rioting, saying, we're not fighting their war. And and there was people with such strong opposition. And, and it's good to get a wee bit of a kind of perspective of, in the history that these, these are people back then that are coming against what the leaders were saying, were, were, that, you know, some of the decisions that seemed quite quite uh, controversial and, and wrong. But the, when you've got the hindsight of time and you can see if they didn't fight, what would have happened? This full world would have been under the influence of that evil, and that would have prevailed, and it would have, it would, you know, we wouldn't be living how we're living today, and that made me think that, you know, um, this is the same decision. We, we can think, oh, I'm, I'm no fighting, because I'm, the opposition we feel inside, but no, it's too it's hassle. I don't want to listen to all that stuff. I don't want to deal with that, you know. But you listen to that long enough. And just, just see the evil that can run ra- ram- rampant in your life and through your children, through your family, mm. you know. Mm. And I know I, I've, I've been there and, uh, mm. you know, 
Um, it really, it really, a lot of vulnerability required, humility, to be, mm. to be honest about here. You know, need to own up, and face up, uh, and you know, come boldly to this throne of grace, because mm. uh, we are so desperately needing it. God's grace and mercy, to to um, this, you know, to take these small steps and mm. be very slow progress. To, you know how hard it is yeah. to break some of this sometimes it is small progress as well mm-hmm. sometimes it does seem very small progress mm-hmm. yeah but it's progress and that's the most important thing yeah, yeah. baby steps sometimes mm-hmm. and we sometimes want to rush these things as well and we want it all sorted don't we we mm-hmm. want it <laughs> sorted yesterday but it can be a slow process but mm-hmm. it's worth it mm-hmm. Yep. You know, for what we're leaving behind, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to leave behind. Yeah. Um, I, I, don't, I don't want to leave at the end of my I don't want to leave. I want to leave, that's right, peace for mm-hmm. my children, I accept in our yeah. studies, you know. Yeah. My, they, my children don't have to fight a war. Mm-hmm. But in order for them not to, mm-hmm. we have to. Stand up and be bold and brave, don't we? And, and um, persevere, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that you can, we can hand uh, an inheritance of peace to them, mm-hmm. and that's worth more money than anybody could ever imagine, mm-hmm. isn't that really? Definitely. So that they can then deal with their issues without having all this other debris and garbage to deal with. You think of the, you know, I, I thought that's with some of the guys I'm around about recently. You think, what's the best thing you leave your kids? Is it is it a mansion? Is it all the money in the world? Or is it a lifestyle? Is it a, is it a mission? Is it a vision for the future? That you know, they've trained them in a way that, that when they walk in that, yeah. uh, you know, they're, they're going to they're gonna, uh, stay in the path that leads to life. Yeah. You know? They'll even if you know at times they may not realise that they're in that on that path. To like you know, they may feel there's areas that they think they're not, but they will realise because you know there's no other way to, but to know that. You know, mm-hmm. they'll know that that they've got a freedom that others haven't got. Yeah. yeah. Which then they'll realise what as they get older that you know it was through what what parents have done mm-hmm. or broken mm, I know. broken these yeah. chains of mm-hmm. of of, of destruction mm-hmm. yeah. and devastation yeah so Rach just to finish just I'm just going to ask you just to pray uh, pray for the listeners um, and just like thank you thank you for all the time you've uh, you've served ways you've been such a blessing um, really appreciate you Really thankful to God for uh, bring bringing you to do that night for that big sign. <laughs> uh, so just to finish, uh, just pray pray for the listeners, please. Yeah, well, I thank God too for for bringing me, you know, to that night mm-hmm. to um, and me being obedient to 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 come to what God was asking me to do, to come and look for that sign, etc., and to be, I've, you know, really been blessed being with 
yourself, Derek, and everybody else connected to Freedom Fighters. So, mm-hmm. you know, that uh, works both ways on that one. Mm-hmm. I just thank you, Lord, just for everyone. I just thank you for every woman that's listening today. Mm-hmm. I ask you, Father, to just touch each one mm-hmm. mightily. Bless each one. Because even if they don't know you, Father, you know them. You know everything about every one of us. And you know their deepest, deepest needs. Oh, Father. Thank you, Father, for what you're going to be doing in and through each one of us. My story can be their story, anyone's story. If, if women out there are saying, well, yeah, that's your that person's story, but... No, that couldn't be my story, or I wouldn't be able to change things like that, or that wouldn't be possible for me, or, you know, whatever else, yes. Mm-hmm. All you have to say is yes. Mm-hmm. And be prepared to step out. Mm-hmm. So that you can be set free, and your children and their children, their children's children, live in freedom Mm -hmm. just cry out today make contact Mm -hmm. make contact with freedom fighters and somebody will always be prepared to speak to you to listen to you Take you seriously and share their story with you and for you to share your story if you want to share, but just to be loved. And I just thank God for the ones that showed love to me, the love of Jesus that I just pray that everyone hearing this message feels your Jesus love. Doesn't hear me, but hears Jesus and feels and senses the love of Jesus. And once more of that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Bless everyone listening today. Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Mama Rachel. This has been the Freedom Fighter Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to connect with our services or you want more info or details about upcoming events, connect with us online at www.freedomfighter.life or drop us an email at info at freedomfighters.life. Until next time, God bless you.